The roads here run in the cardinal directions. Five miles west is Dundee, home of the Hamburger House and a bar that sells beer for two bucks. Seven miles south is Mothy Lake Campground, a popular destination for RV rigs. And 23 miles east is Lake Michigan. I'm working on a firewood farm in the Kettle Moraine of eastern Wisconsin. There are grocery stores that only take cash, video rental palaces, and restaurants where the $4 steak sandwich is really just a hamburger. Today it rained. It began as a light drizzle, the kind you know will eventually become a downpour. There's an eerie silence that comes before storms like this. I think it's because of all the moisture in the air. It muffles the nervous groans of the frogs, the buzzing grasshoppers, and the chirping orioles. Life seems to vacate nature, leaving behind a sensory vacuum. During the day, it may reach 80 degrees, and at night, it's cool, sometimes dipping to the low 50s. When I'm not working, I stay at a cabin in between the farm and Lake Michigan. Built in the 1940s, the interior is lined with wide cedar boards, accented by the occasional animal head. Behind the cedar, there's no insulation. There's an AM radio and at least 12 table lamps. I like the low lighting. The cabin is maybe 800 square feet, heated by a wood-burning stove. It's romantic, but I don't know if it makes much of a difference. Between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m., someone within earshot is constantly mowing their lawn. When it was my turn, my neighbor Terry saw me prepping the mower. He said, don't use weed killer, there'll be nothing left. I didn't get the joke, so I didn't laugh. I later realized my cabin's lawn is a mixture of clover, rye, and dandelion. Terry's yard is a Kentucky bluegrass desert. Most campgrounds in Wisconsin sell firewood. Normally you'll see it right when you pull past the ranger station, piled high in a woodshed, plastic wrapped in small bundles, or neatly packed into grapefruit bags. The majority of our farm's wood is sold on the honor system. Campers select their sticks, fill a rack, then slide $5 into the collection post. Every third person skips the last step and steals the wood. I can see why someone might do this. The wood is stacked high in the shed, appearing abundant, self-replenishing, and free for the taking. But getting the wood here takes a lot of work. The Department of Natural Resources combs public land and marks sick or hazardous trees, normally cedar or ash. Then our farm goes into the woods, cut them down. Once felled, the trees are delimbed and bucked into 18-inch logs sometimes weighing 80 pounds. They are lifted into the trailer, then driven to the farm where the buck logs are consolidated, awaiting the splitter. Each stump is lifted once again onto the splitter where the operator takes slices off the log until it has been broken down into camper-friendly fire sticks.
This wood is once again loaded onto a trailer, unloaded from the trailer, and stacked to dry, sometimes for up to a year. Once aged, the sticks are tossed into the bed of the truck, driven to a campground, and unloaded into the woodshed about 14 times per week. Four out of every 14 loads are stolen. After work, I drive 12 miles east back to the cabin. I change into shorts and wade into the lake. Waist deep, the chilly water soothes the dusty micro cuts on my hands and forearms. Behind me, Terry is pulling weeds and someone else is, of course, mowing their lawn. Across the lake from me is a marshy wetland. There aren't any humans living over there. I swim a lap around the two white buoys, then climb the ladder onto a swimming platform about 40 yards from shore. I'm not a great swimmer, so I'm breathing heavily. I stretch out my back, releasing the kinks in my spine, lifting my arms overhead to expose my chest and ribs to the sun. My heart rate hardly has time to return to resting before I hear a raised voice from the house behind me. Hello? Excuse me? There's no need to turn around. I sit up, scoot to the eastern edge, and plop back into the cool water, a place no one owns.